Man, Life Church, it is so great to be able to share a message this Christmas season with you. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. And uh, this Christmas message is uh, kind of entitled, A Journey to Christmas. And uh, I know that right now, wherever you're watching and, and uh, whether you're at a campus or you're online or wherever you may be joining, you're making preparations for Christmas, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, there are presents maybe to buy or to wrap. There's food to, to bake or, or to purchase. There, there's, just, there's just stuff that's going on. I, I was watching even this week and, and there was an expert on supply chain that was talking about how the increase of shipping during this season because of everything that's going on. It's like a 40% increase of shipping. It's just crazy. All the flurry, all the preparation, all that goes into making Christmas for you, whatever it needs to be. I know like for me, we've got the in-laws and the outlaws coming in. And so there are people driving in, there are people that are flying in. Uh, we're making preparations for food and, and, uh, and certain things that we like uh, and certain things that we purchase and all that kind of stuff just to make that Christmas celebration that just a special time of the year. And uh, as I look back on the Christmas story, that's the exact same type of thing that I find. I, I like when I read, the, when I read the, the Christmas narrative, I like looking through different perspectives of different individuals. And so this year, one of the perspectives I want to look through is through the lens of Joseph. Because for Joseph, uh, as you'll find, as we'll read here in just a moment, there was a lot of preparation that went into this first Christmas Different than what you and I will do. You and I will do things like food and presents and maybe travel plans, although his included travel plans as well. But there's some, there's some, some intentionality. There's some planning. There's some thought in that journey to that first Christmas. See, the way the Bible is laid out, the Old Testament, uh, from the book of Genesis all the way to the, to the book of Malachi, this is a revelation of how God begins to reveal himself to his people uh, and on the earth. And then before the New Testament, the New Testament begins the new covenant. So it begins with the life of Christ. And we have those first four books of the New Testament, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they tell the story of Jesus. And then from there is the New Testament church, the book of Acts and, and so on. But between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are 400 silent years, 400 years where no prophet or man or woman of God spoke on behalf of God, that the heavens were in essence brass and God didn't speak. And then we see that God begins to speak the very first time in 400 years. It wasn't through a prophet, it was through an angel. And it wasn't to a prophet, it was to a carpenter named Joseph. And it was to give him the instructions for the journey to prepare for the very first Christmas. Matthew's gospel, chapter one, verse 18, records it this way. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Look at verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. For she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. This, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and she gave him the name Jesus. Joseph's journey to the very first Christmas is not unlike our journey to Christ and every journey thereafter. There are three steps that Joseph takes in this journey and um, three steps that we all take. First is to face the unknown. The first was to face the unknown. If you look back at verses 18 and 19 and 20, Joseph is a man who is honoring God. God. The Bible says that he followed the law. He, he was a God-fearing man. And so the law prohibited any kind of sexual relationships prior to that, 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 that day of the wedding. And so when Mary comes and, and he finds out that Mary is, 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 is conceived of a child, then... Joseph now is in a quandary because Joseph goes, hey, I, I didn't do this. And, and, and she's telling me this is of a virgin birth. And, and what am I to believe? And what am I to do? He was a man of the law. So there's this unexpected pregnancy. And then there's also this angelic visit. This is the very first time that we read in scripture that God speaks to Joseph. And he does so through an angel in a dream. Again, very much unknown. I mean, if this was happening to you or to me, if we were to take Joseph's names out and put your name in, put Frank or Barry or, or Rick, I mean, it, 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 it would be a very much unknown type of situation, very scary and unexpected, intimidating. And that's typically what happens in the journeys in life. They are scary from time to time. They are intimidating from time to time because you have to face the unknown if you're gonna take a journey. The unknown manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Questions, what's next, what do I do, doubt. Hey, does God really end this? Does God really care? Does he really love me? Does he have a plan for me? Denial, maybe this really isn't happening. Maybe this is just me. It's, it's, it's refusal or for Joseph, it was fear. The angel of the Lord tells him to fear not. Do you know that phrase fear not, that command is given over a hundred times in the Bible. Why? Because it's such a natural reaction for you and for I when we're faced with something that we don't know, that we're uncertain of, that we have doubts or questions or concerns about. So that very first Christmas journey began with Joseph facing the unknown. I really don't know really what's going to happen. This really is beyond my area of expertise. This is really beyond even what the law would say. There are some exceptional situations that are happening here with Mary, with this virgin birth and with what's going on. And maybe for you, 2020 has been one of those years where there's been doubts and denial and fear and questions. If so, I would imagine that's a pretty common place that a lot of us have found ourselves in, especially in this crazy year that we've had. But I just want you to know, even in the midst of the unknown, God's still there. It doesn't negate God from the journey. Matter of fact, I think in those moments, he just says, fear not, fear not. The second step in the journey is to hear the call. 
When you get beyond the unknown, then all of a sudden the call, the, the command from the Lord becomes more clear once you can get beyond the question or the doubt or the fear that you may be facing. Look back at verse 20 and 21 and 22 and 23. We see that God speaks very clearly to Joseph in a dream. Do you notice or do you know that every single time God speaks to Joseph, he speaks to him in a dream? Every time, whether it was accepting Mary as his wife and naming Jesus, whether it's leaving uh, uh, Bethlehem and going to Egypt to escape the, the genocide that Herod's trying to impose upon the people in order to kill the Christ child, or returning back to Nazareth. All of those occurrences, every time God speaks to Joseph, he speaks to him in a dream. It's this, um, this understanding that God speaks. Now, does God speak to all of us in a dream? No. Does God have to speak to you in a dream? No. For Joseph, that's just the way it was. How does God speak to you? Here's what I find in my own life is that there is a way that the Holy Spirit, that, that God speaks to me through the person of the Holy Spirit. There's a way that that typically tends to happen in my life. I know for some people, it's, it's, it feels like when they're in, their, in, in the Word, it's just the Bible illuminates it and God begins to speak. For some, it's, uh, it's, it's that still small voice when they just get quiet and get alone and get away and God begins to speak. It's, others, it's, it's peace. Uh, sometimes there, there is an audible voice or can be. That, that's never happened to me, but, but there, there's sometimes it's, a, it's, a, it's confirmed by other people. You begin to sense that in your own spirit and then there's confirmation that happens in other places in other ways. The, the truth of the matter is, is that God is not spy, silent. He, he speaks even today through scripture. He speaks through gifted teachers and communicators. He speaks through difficulties. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through the person of the Holy Spirit. God met Joseph in the midst of his uncertainty and he spoke. And Joseph heard the call. On that journey, he hears the call. In the middle of the uncertainty, in the middle of the fear, in the middle of the, I don't know what to do. Joseph continues on that journey. He doesn't eject himself. He says, and God speaks. And the question is not, is God speaking in your journey today? The question is, are you listening? Whatever you may be facing, whatever question you may have, whatever doubt or uncertainty may be there, God is speaking. That's not a question. The question is, are you listening? And can I tell you, God will always speak to you in a way in which you can hear. For Joseph, it was through dreams. Through you, it may be through his word or through a message or it may be in a still small voice. It may be the peace of God that rules and umpires your heart. But it's all a part of the journey. And the third step in the journey that Joseph experienced, that I think we all kind of experienced, especially on our first Christmas, is obey the command. Obey the command. Verse 24 and 25 said that Joseph did what he was commanded. What the angel of the Lord, God's voice through that angel commanded Joseph to do, he did. He did what he was commanded. Do you know why God spoke to Joseph so many times? Because Joseph listened and he obeyed what he was commanded. When we face fear and uncertainty the way Joseph did on that first Christmas, our tendency is to fight or, or flight. But Jesus gives a new response here and that's the response of faith. 
Faith is a currency of heaven. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's faith that turns the heart of God. It's faith that grabs the attention of God. It's, 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 it's every time God begins to speak, if we will obey that command, then what happens is our faith begins to grow. And as our faith begins to grow, God begins to, that, through that relationship of communication and our obedience, it begins this process that begins growth and change and development in our life. Because every command that God gives us will always come with a personal cost. Comfort, relationships, plans, but it's worth it. Because of Joseph's obedience, he takes Mary to be his wife. Because of Joseph's obedience, he cared for her through the entire pregnancy. Because of Joseph's obedience, Joseph will give Jesus the name Jesus. That was all part of God's plan was that he would be the earthly father to the savior of the earth. That he would listen to God the father and would protect him and protect Mary. That he would name the Christ child. That he would, he would listen to God and they would escape the genocide so that the, so that the child would be safe. And, and then at the right time that they would come back, but not back to Bethlehem to go to Nazareth. And again, it would be all what would have been fulfilled of the prophets of old. So today I want to conclude, it was Joseph's journey that made the first Christmas possible. It's the journey that you and I are on, are on now that makes Christmas possible. And when we face the unknown, when we hear the call, when we obey the command, the miracle of Christmas comes alive in our lives. That may sound a little bit like a Hallmark card, but here's what I know. We're all on a journey. And every journey has moments either at the beginning or the middle or maybe the entire time where it feels like there's an unknown. And in that unknown, if we'll just simply wait for a moment, God will speak. We'll hear the call, what we're to do. And if we'll simply obey, then God's will will be produced in our lives and those that are around us. That was true the very first Christmas. And maybe even today, you're far away from God. And what you're sensing right now, whether through a screen or in person, is the Holy Spirit is speaking in the middle of your uncertainty, in the middle of your, your lack of clarity. And you know that it's not a person, it's the Holy Spirit that's at work. And he is drawing you and speaking to you about a right relationship with him, a right relationship with the Lord. And if you'll simply obey that call, obey that voice, this Christmas will be unlike any other. It'll be a lot like the very first Christmas. So today I invite you to take the journey to Christmas and come and see what God has done.